Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I am Connor from the House of L. And I am Ray from the House of Zod. We are stranded in the harsh, barren wasteland that is known as Australia, where people eat each other sometimes. <laughs> and we have decided to read and Superman we have, comics. We have drop bears as well. You've got to be careful of them. Yes. They cannot penetrate our Kryptonian skin, though. <laughs> yet. But, uh, yeah, so we're back. Episode 3. Fun times. Yes. W- welcome back, Connor. And uh, Connor L, how are you? How, have you been... Um... Have you been struck by any kryptonite or anything like that over the past uh, fortnight or so? No, I have not, which is good. Uh, I've just, yeah. What, what about you? I've been, I've been stuck a little in the. Um, is it the Phantom Zone or Negative Zone? I always get them mixed up. I it's was the uh, Phantom Zone. The Phantom Zone. Yeah, I got stuck there for a bit, but uh, you know, breaks as good as any. So I'm back and recharged. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I've been looking forward to this. So as I posted on our Twitter and Facebook, we are covering the Silver Surfer and Superman crossover today. Yeah. Uh, Yes, Silver Surfer's name comes first, which I thought was interesting. And it's, uh, I don't know, maybe because it's up against Superman's title, it doesn't look like the typical Silver Surfer logo font really okay yeah i'll have to double check that hang on let me uh, yeah, sorry connor maybe yeah uh, no no that's okay you no. um introduce what we're reading and such while i have a little look here yeah so uh this crossover one second i forgot i'm pretty sure it was 1996 but i'm just fact checking that right now mm-hmm. um Okay, yeah. So this came out in November 1996. This is one of the Marvel and DC crossovers. Uh, and its reputation is that it's one of the better ones. It is good. Because, yes, spoiler, it, it is good. There's a lot more <laughs> to say about it, but it's good. That, that's um, good, yes. it Because uh, these crossovers have a horrible reputation. Because a lot of the time... It's like that. It's like it's kind of being told by either it's just bad or it's being told by a corporation and not the writer. Mm. It's like you have to hit these certain beats. Our character has to do this. Your character has to do this. And uh, but yeah, this was written by George Perez, mm-hmm. who is a great writer. He did a major. Uh, I don't want. I don't know if I should say overhaul because I haven't read it, but I know. I know he did for Wonder Woman what John Byrne apparently did for Superman. Like, oh, he made okay. a really, really popular version of the character uh, at the same time in 1986. Yep. I think he did her series. He also, he's uh, drawn a lot as well. I mm-hmm. believe he did the art for Crisis on Infinite Earths. He's written some Superman. Mm-hmm. He's writing some Superman now, which is, which I'm reading. Well, he's not currently writing Superman, but the Superman storyline i'm reading now superman exile he's written some of that and that storyline is absolutely freaking fantastic right yeah um he's also as well on the on the flip side um funnily enough with this crossover he he's got a good foothold in in the marvel universe as well oh really yeah yeah um in the cosmic realm uh believe it or not so it's no surprise here that he actually has a good grasp 
uh, of Silver Surfer. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so he has a good grasp on both characters, really. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's reflected, uh, I think, at least. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm actually... I got up to an issue with Mongol and Superman as a ah, Mongol! Yeah, written by George. I haven't read it yet, but I'm very excited because uh, we all love our grapefruit <laughs> That's um, it. birthday gift giver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, so, and the art was done by Ron Lim, who you were saying was yes. a Silver Surfer artist. He so, was so, definitely a Silver yeah. Surfer artist. In the 90s, he was, uh, I think, the prolific one, took took the Silver Surfer. The Silver Surfer had a, um, a really long, ongoing title. Uh, off the top of my head, I, like, I cannot remember how long. It definitely exceeded um, 200, I think possibly 300 issues. Um, they're obviously not just in the nineties, but I mean, like around that era, uh, I'm looking still Surfer volume three, uh, funnily enough here, I'm looking uh, at this page here, Connor and George Perez actually wrote silver Surfer from issues 111 to 123. So wow. he's got, uh, you know, he's got credit with silver Surfer, and that's what I was thinking of. He did, well, he did the pencils for, the Infinity Gauntlet. So actually, he did the artwork for the Infinity Gauntlet. So you can't get any bigger than that in Marvel. That big cosmic event. Uh, didn't yeah. didn't write it, but you know, when you're working with the writer as as a penciler, you do get a good knack of what's what's going on. Just funny because the well, if he did Infinity War, you can't get any bigger than Crisis on Infinite Earths either. Right. Wow. For DC. So they both uh, worked on like possibly the biggest events. Yeah. I wonder if he's an company's astro- done. He must be an astronaut, surely. I mean, he knows so much about cosmic stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, so that, that Silver Surfer on you're talking about in the 90s, that's where he was in space most of the time, right? Yes. Yeah, because I, I don't know he was grounded on Earth for ages. Oh, um, right, yeah. No, I, I, I collected Silver Surfer mainly in the 90s, and he was always in space visiting, you know, planets, and and it was very cosmic, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we have the Inca, Terry Austin, and you would... Probably have seen his name everywhere if you read around. Can I just give a little plug there? Terry Austin, hello. Uh, For those of you who don't know, shameless plug, do a Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Terry Austin (laughs) was actually one of the Incas in the volume one of Moon Knight. He took over uh, the first changeover uh, from Bill Sinkovich. So Bill Sinkovich did about, I think he did 30 issues. Um, and then the artwork was changed over to Kevin Nolan and uh, and Terry Austin on inks. So okay, yeah, yeah. He's done he's done a lot of uh, X Men with John Byrne and Chris Claremont oh, as okay. well. Yep. Um, like he's he's just done all sorts of stuff. Like uh, Doctor Strange. He's done a lot of Marvel stuff mm-hmm. as well. In most, yeah. But yes, so I guess we have. We have sort of a guest of honor this week, being Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Connor. Can I actually just um, mm-hmm. close out that last issue? So I had looked up uh, the Silver Surfer's font, and yet I cannot see for the life of me that font that we see on the cover. Really? Of this crossover. Yeah. There, are, there have been different ones throughout the ages. Uh, I've just did a quick Google search, and none of them correlate with, with that one. So I'm not sure huh. where that one came from. That's weird. Hmm. 
maybe it's just from some obs- obscure thing that we could be. I, don't know. I know. Who, who knows? There's probably someone screaming out now, going, "You idiot!" It's uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it you is. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. I've looked up Silver Surfer logo, and this logo is on a few of the results. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, um, it's a different color, but. I mean, it would make sense, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they wouldn't pull it out of the blue. To Silver Surfer himself. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you're cutting uh, out. Hello? Yes? Yep, yep, you're, you're good now. Ah, excellent. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I yep. can hear you. Uh, yeah, you're right. I do see a bit of it. Uh, look, I am more familiar, again, with a few of the others, not that one. Um but yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It is yep. there. Yeah. And before we get into our naked, shining, surfing man, uh, I looked for like I always like to know you know the story behind certain issues and stuff, and how they were created. I could not find anything on this. Oh, okay. This wasn't even a footnote in some of the books I have. Um, I <laughs> I couldn't find anything about the thought process or the creation of this book, so like I yeah I oh. um because I was I was really interested as to Silver Surfer's name coming first as well. Mm. Um, not that I'm annoyed or anything. I just think because usually uh, it would you know the bigger name would be the one that goes first. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Maybe um. Maybe Perez was working. This, if this is '96, maybe Perez was working at Marvel at the time, and maybe this was more of a pitch from Marvel yes. and DC. Were like, "Hey, yeah, you can use Superman for this story. Like it's the story's fine. You can use him for it." It certainly looks that way. I'm looking at the fine print of the the credits, and this was published by Marvel Comics, so yeah, they would obviously put theirs first and foremost. You got the Marvel logo on the on the top left, and the DC on the on the right, but you know. In the Western world, I guess you read left to right, so um, it does insinuate that the Silver Surfer and Marvel Comics uh, are first. Um, but you're right; obviously, Superman is such a big, such an icon. But I think it is; it must be because this was instigated through Marvel. Um, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, because '96. So I believe that was the time where Silver Surfer was having that huge run. Mm, yes. And it seems pretty likely that George Perez may have been on it or close to being on it at mm-hmm. this particular point in time. So I guess that that makes sense if this was sort yeah. of, yeah, all done from Marvel's side. Yeah. Um, and, you know, DC's probably like, hey, as long as you don't make Superman kill children, should be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, hmm. that's, a, that's a little mystery we may have solved ourselves. If anyone knows anything about this, obviously right in yes but yeah so yeah our guest of honor is the silver surfer norin rad norin rad yes yes. former herald of galactus Mm. changed his mind because of a blind lady who inspired him yes to see the worth in humanity uh the silver surfer i've read is obviously when calls galactus his initial arc Mm -hmm. in the fantastic four and I guess I've read smatterings of him, like mostly popping up in other books. Mm-hmm. But I love this character. He's one of my favorite characters. That run you talked about where he's visiting different planets. I've yep. always wanted to read it because surfing through space and visiting weird places is like my exact jam. And Oh, you'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that, that's what Superman Exile is, actually. Right. If you just add like depression to the format, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
uh, is just all these sort of weird encounters in space and yeah. introspective stuff. Um, and yeah, so every time I've seen Silver Surfer, I've loved him. Mm. I've, I've bought Silver Surfer books. I haven't read them yet, but yeah, I'm a big fan, big, you, big fan of the character. You mean graphic novels or actual novel novels? Like epic collections. Oh, oh, oh you've got the epic collections. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, please, please read them. They're really good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, you know, I'm a bit of a fan of the 90s. Not not to the extent of some other people, but it, it, obviously that's when I grew up, so I hold a very sentimental um, part of myself, you know, what am I trying to say? It's very sentimental to me around the 90s, so whether it's good or not, and I do see, you know, there are some really bad 90s titles. Uh, Silver Surfer isn't one of them, but... Uh, yeah, there is that kind of bias, I guess, towards that era. Uh, yeah, and, and Silver Surfer, Ron Lim during that era, fantastic. Can't go wrong. And we should talk about, um, well, we will talk about it later on, but uh, I loved, if you want to know more about the Silver Surfer, this whole story is really good because it really does, in a page or so, give you the reader, first-time readers or readers who are unfamiliar with the character, uh, a really good snippet of uh, the contrast and the parallels between Superman and Silver Surfer. It's pretty good. Yeah. Mm. And uh, without spoilers, I wish there was more of that in this issue. But <laughs> yeah. we'll get into that later, I suppose. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who, who, who doesn't love this guy? Uh, he was also actually really good in... The Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer movie, which oh, is yeah, we just we were talking about this, weren't we, online? We were. Um, people don't really like those movies, but if you like the Silver Surfer, totally check out yeah. Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer because uh, he's voiced by Lawrence Fishburne. Ooh. Yes, and hang on, before you go any further, when you were reading yeah. this book and you were reading the Silver Surfer, did you have Lawrence Fishburne's voice in your head? And if so, were you not confused that that should have been Perry White? <laughs> kind no, of... I did not. I <laughs> the voice I had in my head. I played a game called Marvel Heroes while I was out. Uh, okay, yeah. And Silver Surfer was one of my main characters, ah. um, along with the you know other predictable three: Iron Fist, Dead One, Ghost Rider. But yeah, uh, yeah Silver Surfer was great because you could just click one button and just surf everywhere, killing people. So it was really easy. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I had his voice in my head, oh, okay. which was not as deep as Lawrence Fishburne's, but still very cosmic-y. Um, have you read, have you watched the, the Silver Surfer cartoon? No, I haven't. I heard that I've read about it. And mm. again, it's been on uh, my list of things to watch. I've watched all the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. uh, 90s cartoons, which I really loved. Yeah. Um, Apparently, and- the Silver Surfer one is really good. I, it's a, I think it's available on YouTube. You can just, you know queue them up in your um in your profile or whatever uh in your account but yeah apparently it's really good so i heard it was like too weird and introspective for kids <laughs> yeah which is which is like, great which, <laughs> which yeah great. no i'm yeah. like oh this sounds really awesome yeah. uh yeah it's yeah. um yeah definitely worth checking out um but uh yeah look anyway we uh i mean it it, it shames me because silver surfers he's he's he easily makes my like top 10 heroes comic heroes but yeah. i haven't read as much of him as i want to you know. I, tell you, I tell you connor there there are a lot of uh parallels between your your top choices and mine i must say like yeah. again we were talking about daredevil obviously and uh an iron fist and uh and now silver surfer 
it's pretty yeah it's pretty good um, yeah yeah so uh i guess let's get to the issue shall we So we have writer George Perez, penciler Ron Lim, inker Terry Austin, letterer John Costanza, not George's <laughs> brother. Costanza. <laughs> uh, colorist Tom Smith, separator, digital chameleon. I don't know what a separator is. Oh. Yeah. Silver Surfer created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Uh, in case you're wondering what the hell Silver Surfer does, by the way, is he serves around and fires cosmic rays at people. Oh, yeah. And he's he's super quite, powerful. he's very powerful. You get a sense of that in this book here, uh, which we'll get into. But he, yep, he is up there. I reckon, you know, if he goes toe to toe with Superman, that'd be a fair, fair fight. Yeah, I, I would, I would even go as far as say mm. uh, he probably have, he probably beat this yeah. version. Yeah, I, I think so um, as well. He's extremely powerful. Uh, but yes, so let's talk about the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it forms like a big picture. As well, because the back is connected to the front. Yes, yes. So, are we are we going to talk about the cover holistically, like front and back? Mm. Let's talk about just the front. Yeah, good. And then, good. Then good. we'll like go the back, but yeah, good. Uh, yeah, the the front cover is great. I mean, like just off the bat, you get as as Connor mentioned before, Connor L mentioned before silver surfer on the left the logo with superman next to it um iconic fonts uh, and then you have superman on the uh, above uh, above the silver surfer both are flying soaring through the sky and there's a, a ripple of some sort of reality effect there where we see obviously it's metropolis it's got daily planet there planets yep and uh, and outer space um to which the Silver Surfer is basically that's his home, isn't it? So, well, he, pretty much, yeah, yeah, he's known for it. So, so you get both of their universes um, colliding in that sense. Uh, what did you think of the art here, Connor? I love this cover. Mm. I'm just like, this looks awesome. <laughs> I think I'd like to get your thoughts on on how Superman's depicted by Ron Lim because Ron Lim is a master at drawing Silver Surfer. I think. Yeah, him and the colorist, uh, he gets that kind of that metallic look. Uh, is very consistent. Um, I just love the way he draws the Silver Surfer. I'm very happy with the way he draws Superman. Um, w- what are your thoughts on Superman's appearance? Uh, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know, it, it it's uh, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Really, um, doesn't like blow me out of the water or yeah. anything. Yeah, but you know, it's not it's not like wonky or anything. <gasps> yeah. Um, like he gets it right, uh, I think. I think Silver Surfer's half looks better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Again, like I was saying, I think he's just he's drawn him to death. So he, he's yeah. he's got him down pat, really. Pretty uh, much. Yeah, I wanted to look. I'll, I'll keep this card close to my chest when we get into the actual story about the art in particular. But yeah, I'll hold off for now. But it's interesting that you say that you you, you know you enjoy Superman's depiction and. You reckon it's fine, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think his Superman's depiction in the book is like good, like mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. it's a good depiction. Um, yep. You know, yeah. I guess it's just more apparent. The more I think about it, the more apparent is that this is like a, the Silver Surfer team working on 
mm. like a Superman uh, and Silver Surfer book, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I love, yeah. Um, and, you know, I guess it's Metropolis versus, like, cosmic weird space. So, mm-hmm. that being said, you can make Metropolis look very, like, detailed and interesting, but it's kind of just sort of buildings here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I really like the cover. Like, it sounds like I'm complaining, but I think the cover's fine. I saw this cover, I'm like, man, this story looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. And for the record, like, I suggested for a crossover, I'm like, oh, man, imagine if they did a Silver Surfer and Superman crossover, and then it turns out they did it. And I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, yeah. look, just a small, uh, a little quibble. It's not nothing too mm-hmm. big. But when I first saw the, the cover... Like I liked it, but there was something, uh, you know, leading, leading the eye. You know how a lot of art and layouts can lead the eye in places. I found the direction that Superman's flying a little off-putting. It seems to go against the grain to the rest of the composition of the t- of the cover. If that makes sense. Yeah. Everything seems to lead left to right, and Superman's going the other way. Anyway. Yeah, that, he's kind of going at an angle. Mm, he does what he wants. Okay. That, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> He, he smelled a wife beater off in the distance, so he's changing <laughs> that's, direction. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but other than that, I mean, like, yeah, it's um, it's it's really good. It's then uh, we get, yeah, then we get to the. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's right. Um, we, we get to the back, which forms like a complete picture with the front. It's just the cosmic stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we get, ooh, spoiler. Hey, this is probably how the crossover happened, and yeah, this is what this is what kind of story it's going to be as well because you see mr uh, mixie spitlick and you're like oh so it's this kind of story <laughs> mm, mm. yeah look i i'm glad i didn't see the back cover a lot of a lot of this story a lot of the joy that i got from it was the reveals of the of the villains i, I truly i did not i did not oh, see wow. the, i did not see the back cover that's so, good that's very good yeah, yeah so you can only imagine my joy when I saw not only Mr. McSpitlick, um, who I only know from Action One Thousand because I am a newbie, but seeing the Impossible Man, it was it was just fantastic. I thought so. Yeah, in hindsight, I'm just so glad I didn't see this back. back Look cover. at the grins on their faces. I know. Like- <laughs> that, my God, those teeth. <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, I do. Um, I do love the way that Mr. McSpit. McSpitlick is drawn. He's got a very distinct look, and it's very. Oh, he's drawn great. Yeah. yeah. So he's got that round. And actually, you know, I don't want to be too mean, but a couple of the panels, he actually reminded me of Gene Hackman because uh, <laughs> he's got that rounded nose. You know, um, but that that's testament to Ron Lim's art. Like he's consistently made him look that way. You know, with the small eyes and the and the big nose. It was yeah, it was great. As long as Gene Hackman doesn't listen to the podcast, yeah. he'll be fine. <laughs> well, maybe he's a cranky it's, person I've heard. <laughs> well, maybe he's it's a compliment. Maybe he's a fan of Mr. Mick Spitlick. And maybe, maybe Mr. Hackman, you're welcome. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that that's what my thoughts on this, um, being that I didn't see this until <laughs> until the end. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, and how uh, about you? How about yours? You, you like the art on this one as well. And uh, what did you think? Were you disappointed when you saw this? Like, because it did reveal a lot. Yeah, I saw that, and 
like it interested me, mm. but it revealed a lot. Yeah. But on the other hand, I actually thought this story was about something else. Yeah. So, because oh, okay. I got I got something mixed up. Yeah. So it's right. good that I didn't go in reading this expecting that something else to happen and it never happened. If you know what I mean. Right. Yes. Yes. And then um, you'd be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, well, not necessarily disappointed, but just confused. Like, ah, oh, I've got okay. this figure out. They're going to reveal this. Yeah. And then it turns out that it's, oh, it's Mr. McSpeakley. And I'm like, wait, I don't remember this. But, uh, mm. yeah, no. So, you know, yeah, it, it did give away a lot, though, because it's like, yeah. okay, that's what's happening here. Yeah. But, um, yeah. They're such, yeah. A, they're such a great pairing, though. It, it really is. I mean, hell, it's, it's, it's as much of an impossible man and Mr. McSpeakley story as it is a yeah. Superman Silver Surf one, because they... They show off these characters. They obviously like they're in it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but we'll talk about that yep. after we do the summary for the story. Mm-hmm. Just for you folks who haven't read this one, um, I still encourage you to go out and try and pick this one up if you yeah. do like what you hear on this podcast because it's worth picking up for the art. And we're not reading out like some of the dialogue is very funny. Yes. Um, especially between the two, you know, tricksters. So yeah. Yeah, but, uh, all right. On to the story. Superman surveils the city of Metropolis, scouring the streets for any sign of trouble. All seems in order, and even the prying eyes of Contessa from LexCorp doesn't seem to phase the Man of Steel. As she plots to keep her eyes on the Kryptonian, he suddenly disappears into the thin air with a little pop. In another universe altogether, the Silver Surfer comes across a planet which he has never seen before in all his cosmic travels. Although it seems uninhabited and a ball of fire and molten lava, the surface senses voices pleading for someone to save them. Before he can do anything, he too disappears with a sudden pop. Both mighty figures appear to have traded places and now inhabit each other's universe. Superman at first thinks he's landed on Krypton, but it soon becomes apparent that all is not what it seems. A quick encounter with the locals culminates in Superman finding himself face to face with another adversary, one familiar within the Marvel Universe, the Super Scroll. Silver Surfer appears to have landed on Earth, though he senses it is not the same universe of which he is familiar. The Surfer immediately gets attacked by robotic defense units while the citizens flee in terror. The Surfer's powers go haywire, but he manages to still control his board and with it he soars high into the sky, hoping to reach orbit. To his surprise, outer space is missing, and in its stead he crashes through what appears to be a barrier enveloping Earth. Back with Superman, the fight with the Super Scroll rages, and Superman appears to be beat. The Super Scroll lets slip of a game in which he's involved, and this is enough for Superman to gain a sniff of what is really going on. No longer afraid and apparently vulnerable to the Scroll's attack, Superman delivers a knockout blow. It so happens Superman's suspicions are incorrect too, as he believes it's Mr. Mixie Spitlick. He is indeed wrong, and surprised when he finds out it is none other than the Impossible Man. The surfer discovers he's actually freed himself from a miniature city encased in a glass bottle and finds himself in some sort of unknown dimension. He peers in towards the glass casing whilst the miniature citizens look in at horror at the silver behemoth. It is not too long before he is set upon by droids and dinosaurs, and Norrin Rad soon figures out that it is not a mechanized program but a living entity which is playing a deadly game. The Impossible Man reveals to Superman the motives behind the game. Both he and Mixie Spitlick have plotted together to form a game to entertain themselves, with Superman and Silver Surfer as their main pieces. 
Each otter convinced their targets that they are the ones behind the mayhem, and the impossible man claims the prize with his manipulation of Superman. In the distance, both eye off an armada which seems to be heading their way, an armada of scrolls. The miniature citizens of Metropolis are in a state of panic, as their world appears to be crashing down on them. The impossible man is maddened by this, as one of the rules was that no one would get hurt. Having felt that Mixie Spitlick is breaking the rules, the impossible man goes head to head against Mixie Spitlick, and a flurry of Marvel and DC characters collide as the two powerful beings continually change forms. When it's all he can take, the Silver Surfer trans the Impossible Man to a form of Superman to cease the bickerings between the reality-changing beings and calls for reason. The Surfer and the Impossible Man trick Mixie Spitlick to bring Superman into bringing Superman to the unknown dimension where they all are. And with all four of them together, the Surfer calls the game forfeit. With the game seemingly over, the Surfer offers to return the city to its rightful scale and location, while Superman convinces Mixie Spitlick to assist with Impossible Man to bring them back to their rightful universes. Metropolis is restored and once again Mixie Spitlick is tricked into allowing both Superman and Silver Surfer to return to the Surfer's universe to deal with the Skrulls. Silver Surfer's fearsome re reputation makes short work of the Armada and the Surfer vows to protect the planet known as Bredoon from now on. With one final gesture, Superman is then returned to his rightful universe, with Mixie Spitlick under obligation due to a technically technical loophole. The two titans say their goodbyes, knowing full wills that their memories of the adventure will fade. Both the Impossible Man and Mixie Spitlick to part two, seem bickering and heckling each other to the bitter end. As Silver Surfer rides into the distance, he smiles at what had just passed and what had been accomplished. It's not long before the memory fades, and as do the two reality warping entities, and with their disappearance, a small pop is heard. Well, yeah. That was the story. Uh, it's a crazy story. It was a crazy story. It was, I thought, very well thought out by George Perez. Uh, yeah. he, had, he had a lot of really interesting characters to work with, and he used them well. Like, he didn't, they weren't token. Um, I'm looking more at Mixie, McSpitlick, and, uh, and the Impossible Man. They yeah. were really handled well, and this has got to be due to the fact that he has. And Superman as well. He has, um, you know, has written for them, uh, for both companies. So it, it really shows off. I actually read, I can't remember if it was George Perez or not, but there was, in the Superman in Exile arc, mm -hmm. there was a story set in Metropolis, and it was just Mr. Mixie Spitlick deciding to pick on Lex Luthor, because Superman was gone. Oh, and, okay. And uh, suffice to say, hilarity ensued. <laughs> but uh, the contest was to, Lex had to convince or trick Mr. McSpitlick into shaving himself as bald as Lex, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this was, this was a, a really good, a really good issue, I thought. Um, uh, your, your, I guess, overall impressions as well, Connor? So, yeah, it, it's really well written. Uh, it, it's a good issue. It's well written. It's really not what I wanted from a Silver Surfer and Superman crossover. Mm -hmm. I wanted both of them flying through the cosmos and, you know, seeing the similarities and differences between each other, having, like, <clears throat> introspectives. Like, yeah, I wanted I wanted to sort of, like, I don't know, I wanted, I wanted something sort of either melancholy or epic, you know? Uh, okay, Maybe yep. That's what we 
got, and I find it a bit weird that we didn't get that because it just seems like a no-brainer to do that type of story with them, mm. if you know what I mean. But what we did get was good. Like I can't deny it was good, and I did yeah. really enjoy it. Um, as soon as I figured out what the hell was going on in here. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, yeah. maybe maybe Mr. Perez wanted to be like Superman on the cover and go against the grain. Maybe he wanted... Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe he had a surprise... You know, he had maybe this story in his back pocket and he really wanted to tell it. Uh, it feels it, like that. Mm, look, as it, much... It, yeah, yeah, sorry? No, no, keep going. Oh, I was just about to say, like, um, further to what you're saying about you wanted this cosmic adventure with them. And, and as much as I talk about wanting a cosmic... Uh, adventure with, with Superman. Uh, I did. I did really enjoy this. I, I thought the reality warping was was really fun. It, so in that sense, it was otherworldly to me. I mean, these beings, Impossible Man, and and we are off planet for a bit um, in Bradoon anyway. Yes. What later is Bradoon? So there's a little bit of that. Uh, but I, yeah, seeing these godlike figures just just play chess with. Superman and the Silver Surfer, I, I thought was yeah. was a lot of fun, uh, and as you mentioned, it, it was well, well written. There's certainly not a short, no shortage of dialogue and no. and text in this, but it doesn't make it too heavy handed. I think I, I found myself enthralled to read read through it all, uh, and that's again just because I think it's a very solid piece of writing from from George Perez. Yeah, I, I really I did really enjoy reading this. Um, it's yeah. Um, I guess. I guess I wanted it was a Silver Surfer and Superman crossover, so I wanted more of them. I guess my biggest problem was they didn't really interact with each no, other very much. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, because like they do interact with each other at the end, and they have these these like four pages or two pages where they talk about how similar they are. Yeah, you know they're both like the last survivors of the. Yeah, that was a really good. I really like that scene, and that's what I was talking about earlier. How you really get a summation of both of them, uh, put side by side. I think it was really good to to compare them in that. And sense. it was, it, you know, had a really touching ending as well because, you know, Superman's like sort of look, you're a good person. Like you mm. save Metropolis. You know, you are a hero. You deserve all this, all this praise that I'm getting. Citizens of Metropolis are praising Superman. Yeah, because I think he saved the day when it was actually more Superman. Superman, like you deserve all this praise I'm getting, which is something Silver Surfer's not really used to. No, but it was though he is heroic. Yeah, but it was beautifully done, wasn't it? It was a good way of working into the fact that the Silver Surfer uh, was a herald of Galactus. And he's yeah. he is fe- like he was at least feared throughout the cosmos, and and he gets it yes. again with the citizens of Metropolis. I think that's a really clever way that Perez has has done that, and it again from that contrasted, it reiterates how Superman is seen as the hero for Metropolis, regardless of the fact uh, that he was responsible for for their salvation in this instance. Um, so it's yeah. good a good way to bounce off each other. I really like the you know, Silver Surfer's like you know, he's really he's you know he's in a happy place, like a happy state of mind mm. or a content state of mind from their encounter, and obviously the memory fades, but like the feeling remains. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know why he just he feels good. Yeah, um, that's great. It's... And <laughs> yeah, so like I really like the time they did get together, but yeah, I, I feel like with these characters, you can just do so much. But mm. they're from different companies, 
and those companies currently hate each other. Yeah, yeah true. So this, this is all we're going to get. You know what I mean? And well, who knows? I'd like to be. And it's good that we got it. Yeah, it is. It is very good that we got it. Um, a little bit of me is happy that they didn't go toe to toe because I kind of like them both. Yeah, and... they they didn't fight, which is a big like. Well, they always fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they so, didn't actually fight in this crossover. Um... No, they work well together. I mean, albeit they were both separated for a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a very different crossover, I imagine, from, you know, your other ones. Um, let's not mention Superman, Batman, Aliens and Predator again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this was really good. And uh, two, two peas in a pod, these characters, they go fantastically together. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we didn't see them together as much as we wanted, like, it was still... You know, we still got it. And let's... I do feel like Silver Surfer will end up in Metropolis then, the Fortress of Solitude. Like, he just won. And... Sorry, is he? Sorry, what, Fortress of Solitude? Yeah, that's where... That's where. That's what's outside of the bottle. Oh, Okay. I thought. Yeah, because um, I thought he was in some sort of just undisclosed dimension. Because no, that's the Fortress of Solitude. Because I'm pretty sure you see a statue of uh, no, but, Jor-El. Yeah, but then Superman says this looks like the Fortress of Solitude, but like it's in a mat, like it's through a funhouse oh, mirror. It's yeah, it's, I, I should say it's Mister Mixie Spitlick's version of the Fortress. Yeah, of Solitude. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's so, not yeah, his, his funhouse bonanza. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. His his little funhouse bonanza yeah. version of yeah exactly because where you, you have the statue of Jarrell and Lara throwing the globe of crypt on a silver surfer which I thought was pretty funny uh, right yeah oh yes yeah, so, yeah that's right they do they they start moving and they throw yeah absolutely because that that was this is integral in in um in what I do love about this story about how they they catch Mixie McSpitlick out on a lot of technicalities. And I, th- yes. I thought that was really cool. Like, the fact that both of them are in this uh, Mixie McSpitlick's Fortress of Solitude, so both of them aren't exactly in their own universes yet. And uh, yeah. that's how Superman, I believe... The, there are three times they kind of trick him. Um, that's the first time he kind of uh, justifies that um, they... they that he, he That he has to... Oh no, that that's a that's a first that's a time that Silver Surfer says that we're both in the same place. So the game's yeah. forfeit. Yeah. So Yeah, uh, there was a lot of it was very clever writing with how they were tripping yeah. up Mr. Mixie Spitlick. Yeah. Um and the impossible man's kind of like the uh, I don't know if I'd call him like the unlikely hero, but mm. he, he's he's not a villain. Like the impossible man is he's a nuisance. He's not really a villain. Yeah. Whereas I mean, Mr. McSpitlick is a villain. <laughs> like, oh, is he? Okay, because I, I always thought they're very similar. Like, they both like a little bit of chaos. You know, they they don't they don't care about the. Well, I guess I you're mean, right. He's not Mr. Yeah. Mixie Spitlick. Okay, so he's he is he's got that light-hearted jester thing. You sense he's he's not truly evil, but mm. he's so godlike, and he as it shows in here, he doesn't actually care if innocent people die yes. in yeah. his games. Yeah. Whereas Mr. Impossible is like, hey. Yeah, the Impossible Man. You know, you can't 
kill innocent people and Mixie Spitlick's like, I don't care. That, <laughs> that's, I'll do what I want. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. And it's kind of scary as Mr. Mixie Spitlick has so much power. This is the only thing that really keeps him in check is like these games that he creates. Mm, it's true. Um, well, what's the impossible man... Amazingly enough, with the level of power that he has, he still has a conscience. Uh, you know, I can understand yeah. how Mr. Mixie McSpitlick can kind of be um, detached from that because if you're on that level... Amoral. Yeah, Amy, yeah. yeah, you're totally on that level, oh, such a high level, all that stuff, you know, falls to the wayside. So it's understandable in that sense. But yeah, but the Impossible Man still kind of checks in with humanity you know, so to speak, and what's right and wrong. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but, and I, I love the fight with each other. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk about the the fight here between Impossible Man and Mr. Mixie McSpitlick. I thought it was just fantastic. It, Big showdown. Yeah. It was really surprising. And not Silver Surfer and Superman. Like, they don't fight, but these guys have a big showdown. Yeah. So Perez turns it on its head, and you actually get the main yeah. antagonists um, doing the big throwdown or the big showdown. And uh, it was such a surprise to see. It was really nice to see the Marvel characters versus DC characters. Yeah. Uh, so I don't... I do recognise most of them. So the first one... Well, we get Mjolnir. Um, we get the Impossible Man turning into... Thor's hammer, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But then, yeah, then we get the Hulk and Doomsday, which uh, both are vastly powerful. I think Doomsday, Doomsday would, win the, yeah. would win that, wouldn't he? Um, then you get this weird... Ca- um, I think... Yeah? Oh, actually, I don't want to derail the podcast, but I read that the Hulk would win. Oh, really? Um, but, like... Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, like, a debate. I don't... But, like, you know, the Hulk's had, like, what, hundreds and hundreds of comics, so you're only yeah. obviously going to be able to pull out evidence, so he can yeah. beat Doomsday because of this. So, oh, okay. Because um, from what I've heard, yeah, Doomsday's pretty, pretty souped up, so... Um, but, yeah, I mean, so's the Hulk. I mean, I've got no... Yeah, no I mean, who actually knows? Um, it'd yeah. be cool, but, yeah. The, the writer, <laughs> whoever writes yeah. the, the issue will know, uh, for sure. Um but then we get this weird... It's Thanos versus... It looks like the Plastic Man. Yeah, it's Thanos versus Plastic Man, which I found hilarious. Is a Plastic Man... Were, is he an alien, is he? No, Plastic Man is just a dude. Um, he's, he's got, like, Reed Richards' powers, but he's not, like, yeah. a genius or anything. Right. That, I guess he's kind of, like... He's a bit goofy. Yeah. And he just has stretchy powers, which is why it's so funny that, you know, it's Thanos versus Plastic Man. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, everyone else is, like, pretty evenly matched. Um, yeah, that's true. Just, yeah. 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 Oh, it, it, a weird combination there. Um, Wolverine and Wonder Woman, which is pretty pretty awesome. I think that's... Uh, Wolverine, let's not forget, he was at the height of his popularity in the 90s. So mm-hmm. he, he's up there against one of the Trinity. So that's that's uh, understandable. Yeah. Uh, I would still give it to Wonder Woman, though, just saying. Yeah, oh, it's a hard one, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, full credit to Wonder Woman as well, but um, Wolvie's pretty hard to kill. Um, also, we get this guy. Now, I th- I first thought it was one of the Thunderbolts, actually. Um, what was his name? Atlas? But that's a pretty obscure Marvel character. I reckon it must be Giant Man, 
but it looks more like the Thunderbolt um, Atlas. I'm just trying to find. It's it's difficult to flick through my copy because the way the sort of spine. Ah, okay. Is, yeah. Um, done. I'm just trying to find the fight. Yeah, it's well, it it's Wolverine. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, Wolverine and Wonder Woman, and then Impossible Man decides to change to uh, either Goliath slash Atlas slash a giant man because Wonder Woman makes a quip about being you know, taking down 10 times someone her size. So he goes, okay, well, how about 20? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there was that brief moment. He's not really the one of the top-tier characters of Marvel, so it was a very odd choice, I thought. Um, but then you get immediately, again, another big hitter of the 90s. You get Cyclops, Scott Summers, yep. uh, up against... Um, the Atom. The, the Atom. Because that's so where he makes the pun. He's, like, gone as small as an Atom, and he's, like, best Henry Pitt. Uh, Henry Pitt could do was an ant. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the atoms, anyway. There's a few. Then we have Batman coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, the big hitter. Yep, that was good. Good to see him take on Cyclops. Is that Blob that he's kicking? I thought he turned back into the Hulk, but no, actually, I think you're right. I think that's Blob. Yep, there that is Blob. Yep. Can see Spider Man's fist punching Mister Miracle. Mister Miracle. Yeah, I, I'm assuming uh, that's Hawkman. Is it? And Namor. In- uh, I don't think it's Hawkman. Oh, okay. I, I, I think it's guess. Aquaman. Oh, Aquaman, of course. And, and yeah, the submariner. Punching Namor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here, kids, just a little history lesson for you. While DC characters tended to come first before their doppelgangers, mm. Namor was actually before Aquaman. Yes. So yes, just one of the old pointing songs. that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's Thor, uh, but I don't know who that fishnetted arm is. I'm pretty sure that's that's still Aquaman, the bearded guy. And in the 90s, he had, like, a beard, so... Oh, okay. He but, got, like, a fish or canned at one point. Oh. Okay, but I don't know... Yeah, Namor never had that as a... Anyway. Yeah, that's not Namor's fist. I don't know who that is. Yeah. It's, we, have, we have to tell them by their freaking hands. I know. Like, it's pretty um, hard, hard going. <laughs> then we have The Thing. Yes. And Lobo. Lobo, because I, I only got that because of the next page. Um... And then Lobo gets devoured by Galactus. Uh, Galactus. Fantastic. Um, and they actually make a reference to when Impossible Man got swallowed by Galactus. Mm. Or uh, did he, Was he the one who got swallowed? I think he was the one who got swallowed by Galactus, or he swallowed someone as Galactus, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he got swallowed by um, Galactus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this this fight between uh, Mr. Mixie, Mixbitlick, and... The Impossible Man was just so entertaining. It gave yeah. us it gave us the action kind of we were wanting. Uh, I mean, there was still action throughout the the issue as well. There was a fight early on with I love that fight between Superman and the Super Scroll, or wh- who we thought was the Super Scroll. Yeah. Um, even then, Perez acknowledges uh, that by Mister Mixie McSpitlick saying, "Oh, I helped you with the coloring for that because you can only do purple yeah. and green." And I, I gave you that orange so you can... For the things. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's everything's kind of thought out. I think it was really good. Um, but yeah, so this was one of the big highlights for me, I thought, of the of this issue, the, uh, this kind of exchange yeah. of Marvel and DC. And as you say, we may, nev- well, we may never see this ever, you know, so it's good to at least get a few panels of this happening. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was really fun. Uh, like the as those two characters are like just as important to the book as the tit- the titular mm. characters in the crossover. Um, you know, I, I guess 
there really is it's not what he expects but it really is like kind of a perfect choice for villains it is um, yeah i'd just, say like it, it would yeah you're right it would have to have been an idea that george perez has had that he's wanted to do yeah for who knows how long because it's such a specific it's so well written and specific yeah you know that it can't have been like hey let's cross it it can't have been a company thing where they're like let's cross over these two characters it had to have been from one writers yeah and who's worked on both characters which makes for a better crossover as we can see yeah for sure um absolutely you know, i can just like, i can just imagine the pitch like perez pitching this to the companies and going look this is what i reckon and it is such a convincing thing because exactly as you say you know you were expecting something from the outset this is something which I reckon on paper would look really good, like you know, as as a, a concept. Yeah. Um, so I can imagine the pitch would have gone well. They would have gone, "Hey, this is actually something that no one would be expecting, um, but but yeah. would work." And so I think that's I think that's how it probably went. And it's not it's got none of that company sort of dick pulling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. or to put it bluntly, <laughs> <laughs> like it's because it's it's if it's just come from one writer, like he's not. Yeah. You know, there's never a point where they're, like, comparing Superman and Surfer's powers or anything. Yeah. Like, that doesn't even get brought up. They're like... No, not at all. Wow, he's strong, or Mm. wow, he's powerful. You know that dialogue? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Perez has got... You know, he's got an allegiance to both sides. Yeah. Yeah, so... Like, they both just seem to really like each other from the get-go, really. Yeah. Well, from the get-go when they meet, like, at the end of the issue, but... Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, very, very impressed with all this. Mm. Yeah, I, I just the, the the one thing I'll bring it back to, and I, this was the little card that I had close to my chest when we talked about the cover. Yes, was, was the art. Now look, um, again, if there's anything to it, there are some patchy bits of artwork, I think, um, and I think it's like Superman's face looks really good. For like ninety percent of it, there's there's a couple of bits where he he looks really stylized, and there's there's even one bit I'm trying to look for it where his eyes he, he had a bit of a case of the lazy eye, um, and it, I know Ron Lim can do a lot better than this. I'm not sure if it's Terry Austin with the inking or or what have you, but yeah, I found some of the art. It could have been a timeline thing. It could have been rushed. I found some of the art a little lackluster compared to what it could yep. be. I feel uh, like his Metropolis yeah. is a bit lackluster compared mm. to everything else. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, I mean, on paper, Metropolis isn't fantastical. But as I mentioned before, you, like Metropolis can be a pretty fantastical place. Mm. You know, this sort of sci-fi city of tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of drawn very bland here. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, it, normal but not detailed even. Like, the, it's just kind of, like, blocks. Yeah um that was i guess that was my i never noticed any superman lazy eye that i can recall <laughs> oh, the, one, the um, one i'm looking at sorry it's not lazy eye it's um it's kind of like his eyes are too far apart there's a the panel on the bottom left okay it's when he's talking to the impossible man and they're on that planet so he's just beaten him as a super scroll and they both and the um citizens of Bradoon are looking up into the sky and they can see the armada in the distance and at the bottom the very bottom, Superman goes, oh, good Lord. But there's a, a panel there where he's thinking with the, the thought bubbles. Uh, I'm not sure if you can f- locate that, Connor. 
He says, well, whatever those ships are, these aliens are unquestionably terrified of them. It definitely warrants a closer look. I think his eyes are just a little bit widely spaced in that. I can't find it, unfortunately. Is this after he punches him or is this before? Yeah, after he punches him. After he punches him, right, right. Yeah, and after uh, after the Impossible Man talks of how he met up with Mr. Mixie McSpitlick, and after he says, I win, and then there's the next page where he's talking. Um, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you see it? I saw something. <laughs> it wasn't bottom left, but he was like, huh? And his eyes were like kind of weird. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So there, there I'll, are... I'll, I'll... Yeah. Uh, later. But, um, I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. There were some really good close-up facial um, artwork. Yes. Really good. But some some of it seems a bit, yeah. Yeah. A bit off. Um, so I really... So, okay, Silver Surfer just intimidating the Skull Armada into leaving was really awesome. Yes. It was badass. Yes. Oh, good. I'm glad. I thought you were going to say that you thought that was weak, but that, no, that was good. I thought it that wasn't was... weak, but yeah. I, was, I did want to see them both go ham on, like, an alien fleet. Oh yes, yeah, that would have been. I just wanted to see them both just unleash their power on this Uh, alien armada. Like, absolutely, that would have been cool. And and again, the scrolls would have been the, (laughs) the uh, the punching bag. But yeah, yeah, they would have been a pretty big punching bag. Um, yeah. So I mean, because the these two guys are the, they're not like I I can't say they're definitely the most powerful in their respective universes, but they're Mm. up there. They're they are definitely up there. They're two of the most respected and feared characters in their universe. Mm. Um, and seeing them both just unleash their power on something. Yeah. Because when I was reading this, I'm like, because I was, when I heard about this crossover, I'm like, well, they have to fight Galactus. Because who else is going to be able to take a hit from both of them? Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, and then, yeah, they turn on their head by them and they have them, like, they have to use their brains. Mm. Yeah. Instead, uh, which really works. So, Yeah. Which which is uh, is that is that mainly how everyone uh, defeats Mister Mixy McSpitlick? Is it always like technicalities? Because you can't fight him. I mean, yeah, yeah. So so mostly it is, isn't it? So they they have to kind of. He seems very cl- good to his word, and and if he says something wrong or or if he interprets something that's very open, um, that's where you can kind of trip him up, I guess. Is that is that how he's kind of. Typically, Pretty much. Vegan? That's the okay. usual... Yeah. Uh, there's a really famous Superman story uh, where the Joker's actually the villain. Mm-hmm. And it's called Emperor Joker. And the whole thing is that the Joker tricked Mr. McSpitlick into giving him 90% of his power. Ah, oh, okay. Wow. So That's a massive amount then, I'd imagine. It's like the whole... Everything is just like ruined. And it's essentially Superman is the only person... Uh, besides the Spectre, who has sort of the... I can't remember how they explain it. I think it's like they're the only people who had sort of the will to sort of mm-hmm. see through what's going on and not treat it as... I don't know. It's a very interesting book, though. Um, If you sort of... It's worth reading if you sort of want to see what, like, would happen if you had just this complete sadist uh, yeah. with Mr. McSpitlick's power. Oh, God. Um, Batman isn't in the book much because... <laughs> There's some awful things happening to him. So, right. uh, yeah, it's it's a really, really interesting story because it's a Joker. It's a Superman versus Joker story, but the Joker has 
mm-hmm. these gold-like powers. So um, there's there's situations like that, which are, yeah, I guess my point was you do you do sort of see him his powers that unleashed in a few stories. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Grant Morrison action comics run that Superman literally had to fight through time. Yeah, awesome. because someone else got Mister McSpitlick's powers, and there was this really weird sort of. Grant Morrison's the perfect guy for that because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, right. Like, um, I just knew he was fighting through time. It was crazy, but yeah. Um, but Mr. McSpitlick himself, he generally sticks to the rules, but they yes. do change it up now and then, and it gets really crazy. Um, well, he broke he broke one of the rules here. I mean, that's what pissed off the Impossible Man. Yeah, and yeah. like I guess as Superman pointed out, it's like, well, if you keep cheating, like, where's the fun? Yeah. Yeah, true. And that that's that's ultimately what made Mr. Spick, uh, Mixy Spitlick go, yeah. And then he just sort of leaves after that because he's like, there's no fun if I just keep cheating. Because mm-hmm. he knows he can win if he really wants to. Yeah, so. he needs a challenge. He's looking for a challenge. Yeah, because he gets bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he's that powerful, of course, yeah. And Superman just happens to be the guy that he uh, decided to fixate on. So yeah. it's probably lucky for everyone else, really. It is, it is, actually. Um, he picked the wrong guy, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's good. I mean, what if he picked like um, the thing? Everyone be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> he picked, uh, yeah, I don't know, yeah, Night Thrasher. Yeah. Be... <laughs> um, so, yep. Do you have? Uh, I think we, we talked about this story a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to sum up my thoughts, I really, I, I really liked it. It was really well written. I did not expect it to be this good. Mm-hmm. Um, really helps. I think that, as I said, we sort of figured out that this must have just been George Perez's idea that he wanted to do mm-hmm. and not like a company thing. I just, Superman and Silver Surfer, I love both of these characters so much. Yeah. And they are both so similar. I really would have loved to have seen them interact more and mm-hmm. do more together. Yeah. But it is what it is. You know, the yeah. interactions we do get are fine. Like they do, you know they they get they get along really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is like what I pictured. I honestly couldn't picture these guys not getting along. Yeah. Um, unless you know Silver Surfer was currently doing something really extreme or being all heraldy again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So, yeah. I guess yeah. What about you? Yeah, I um I share a lot of your sentiments actually. I I did really. I did really enjoy this. It's not what I expected, uh, but that's in a good way. It's an unexpected surprise. I'm glad I was surprised with a, a lot of the reveals. Uh, yeah, it's actually good in a sense that you do see them interact. They don't fight. Okay, one of my base expectations were that they were going to go toe to toe and fight, but I'm glad that they didn't. Um, but it, this could have easily gone down the route as well of them just totally being like two separate stories but within the one book if that makes any sense and they never meet and that would have been so dissatisfying and that's kind of what i was expecting yeah uh i was worried because i was reading through this book and i was getting towards the end and i'm like man are these guys even going to meet yeah that would Uh, be that would be a a very disappointing if that if that didn't happen if they never met Um, they gave us our fan service luckily so yes they did and and that was the thing, like seeing Perez and Lim on there as the credits. I, I kind of was, uh, um, secure in the knowledge that I was going to get a really decent cosmic adventure. And although you know they don't go across the cosmos 
different planets and stuff. Um, I really dug this reality thing and this whole thing about them playing a game. Um, perfect combination of Impossible Man and Mixing McSpitlick. Yeah, from what definitely. I know, that was that actually that made me smile. It was like this is yeah. These are the two. You know, good. Yeah, it was like good. <laughs> That's all I was yeah. saying. It made so, them smile too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So really enjoyed it. Um, and the only, yeah, the only down thing is some of the some of the art because you know, I've seen a, a lot of Ron Lim's '90s stuff, and I'll, I'll send you some of it, Connor, as well. You can see for yourself the detail. I mean, you've got in the Epic Collection. Just have a look in your Epic Collections um, of the Ron Lim art. There, uh, really good stuff. But uh, no, highly enjoyable. Yeah, I I definitely recommend picking this up or reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you want to pick up a physical copy, I believe you have to go to like eBay or something. I'm not sure if it would be on Comixology or anything. Maybe no. it's on Marvels, but it is still kind of cross company. So yeah, it isn't unfortunately. It's pretty hard to find. I think your best bet is eBay or your local comic book store if they do have it. Just flick through your back issues or the back issues section. You never know. Uh, but scale around, I guess for for um. Like even on like Facebook, the the marketplaces there, uh, a lot of comic book groups they're selling, uh, collectors are selling their copies of stuff. You might come across it there. Uh, I'm I am really thinking of I've got a digital digital version here. Don't ask me how, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty keen on probably getting a um, a physical copy of this because I was yeah very yeah I'd be happy to have yeah. this on my shelf. Let's let's just say that. Yeah, I I definitely recommend if you're a fan of uh, the like especially if you're a fan of both of these characters, mm. what are you doing? Go read this yeah. right now because it's like pornography a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, or if it, and as I said, like it's just such a you know if you if you want a good Mister Mixy Spitlick story, go yeah. pick it up because. Like him teaming up with the Impossible Man, they have such an awesome dynamic in this book. Yeah, and they're really funny. Some of the insults they hurl at each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a combination of all this weird stuff. I don't. know. It's just worth owning. Mm. Um, if if you don't really care about Superman, or if you don't care about Superman, why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you don't really care for either characters, like whatever. But yeah, you know, if you like these characters, pick it up. Yeah, um, yeah, you've got to be open. Like, if you if you don't like cosmic stuff, or if you don't like dimensional or reality, you know, warping adventures, then this may not be for you. But uh, as a written piece and as a character, a fleshing out of the characters, it it hits all the marks. So if you're open to a good story, just in general, regardless of the genre, it's still very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Let, let's just yeah. Just pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, hmm, what what should we use for our system here? Oh, uh, that's a good, good. Oh, actually, one little question, Connor, before we go on that. Um, a yeah. Contessa, is she a big big player in the DC universe? Uh, she's she's like one of Luther's people. Is she major um, or just? Uh, not like major, major. Okay. I'm just gonna double check though. Is she like uh, Diane Sawyer? You know those kind of peripheral characters. Uh, do you know like Mercy Graves? No, I don't know. <clears throat> no. Yeah, I believe I believe she actually shows up in um, Man of Steel. Like he marries her. I'm pretty sure. Okay. At one point. Uh, yeah. 
Because she was a bit right. of a red herring, wasn't she? She kind of at the beginning, and then she yeah, just you thought she was yeah, like well, like one of the big players, but she wasn't. No, exactly. Well, that's fair enough. Anyway, sorry, I I. Oh yeah, no, no, that's okay. Yeah, she 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 was like she was a character. Uh, she was one of Lex's. He ended up marrying her, um, oh, okay. and then they had a falling out of sorts. Right. <laughs> and, okay, as you do, you know. Yeah, and Mary tries to kill her and all that, all that usual uh, Lex that, goodness. That'll uh, um, that'll do it. Yep, yeah, we could be. It's going to be fun when we get to a Lex episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, how many naked, shiny, introspective surfing men would you give this out of 10? Oh, wow. Uh, look, I would give this... I don't want to go too crazy, but it was a good... I'd say eight and a half. Eight and a half um, silver surfers. Cut him in half. Eight and a half. How about yourself? Um, that Yeah, that seems pretty spot on. Oh, yeah. Uh, I... Mm, yeah, eight and a half. I probably don't know. I probably like this more than other eight and a halfs I've given. Mm-hmm. I guess, but uh, I guess the reason. I mean, yeah, the the one and a half stars that missing is a. I generally don't rate things very super high. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not because I was expecting something else. Like that is not. It is not a negative to the book. Yeah. Right. Because you can't. You, you know, just because I expect something, it doesn't really matter if they don't do that. You know, they're not there to cater to my expectations. So. Mm-hmm. Um, like they told a good story, so that that is yeah. not any detractment for me. It's just like some of the like the artwork's really good, but as you yeah. said, some of it's like some of it, yeah, yeah. And like sometimes I'm like, what's happening here? Um, but and yeah, it's just some of the Metropolis didn't look very um thing, yeah. but yeah. you know, yeah, still still eight and a half. So it was it was great. Like it was really great. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think I can even find any. Um, you know, continuity errors or any any errors on the, on behalf of the writing. Yeah, usually, no, uh, usually there the was mu- no, yeah, no mistakes I spotted. Yeah, because like usually, some trip ups in in what was written, uh, or some plot holes would detract from my score. But I couldn't even find anything there. It is the best. It's definitely the best company crossover I've ever read to this right. point. Anyway. Um, cool. Definitely better than Eminem and the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> what a piece of garbage! Oh, <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely the best one I've read. Uh, Shane, there's not more, but I'm glad we got this. I'm glad yeah. I own it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was super happy with this story. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that. But we do have a little bit of feedback. Oh yes. Um, so this first. Actually, before then, anything else you want to add to this story? No, no, no. That was it. It was, was a pretty yeah. Can't praise it enough. Really, it, it's it's good. Just go out and and have a read. Yeah, this story offers so much like food for thought. Like you just because it's so good and well put together that you think yeah. about it a lot. That I'm sure this will come up in later podcasts. I'm sure this will be referenced in later yes. podcasts. Well, it has to, should um, it should. This will be the gold standard for intercompany crossovers. <laughs> I know that much. Yeah. Um, yes. But uh, anyway, first email is from Rebecca Hart, who is my co-host. Oh, hello, one Rebecca. Of my, one of my co-hosts at uh, my Iron Fist podcast, Sons yes. of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. We're oh. so famous, we got to interview the showrunner for yeah. Iron Fist season two. How cool was that? Very famous. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> Millions of followers, etc. But uh, no. Hey, guys. Well done on the new podcast. Looking forward to joining you in the journey into Superman comics, although I'm probably less well-read than Ray on them. <laughs> Was good to have a good reason to go back and through Action 1K again. But also, please, no more longer than three-hour podcasts. Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> Don't worry. That's not going to happen. Thank you, Rebecca. I can uh, tell you right now, yeah. if we ever do Man of Steel, that's going to be over three hours. But don't worry, yeah. we'll chop it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry, Rebecca. We've we've got five hours worth of this episode, um, but we'll cut it down. So yeah, it's just going to be <laughs> cut down to one. Um, <laughs> we talk about life, the universe, and everything. Yes, um, I paint myself silver and start surfing around the room at one point. Oh so. yeah, and I, I crack open the uh, the Superman outfit, and I yeah. <laughs> jump off jump off buildings. It's good. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So thank you very much, Rebecca, for thank the you. feedback. And the next feedback we have is Kevin Swanson. Subject is best podcast I heard all day. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, awesome. Enjoying the podcast so far. Episode one was a marathon entry to kick off. I'm basically <laughs> on the same level as Zod. I've barely read DC or Superman, yeah. but familiar with comics and Superman and other media. So I'm looking forward into diving into some super adventures with you guys. I know you mentioned George Reeves, but it would be cool if you did part of an episode on the old Superman show. That show is the Superman media that I have the most exposure to. Also, get Cavill on. He's British or whatever, pretty much Australian. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Connor, I believe the House of Zod has its first acolyte. I'm very chuffed. Wow. First acolyte of Zod. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, uh, George Reeves, uh, episode of the George Reeves Adventure of Superman show. Uh, would you be good to do that for the next episode? I would be, yeah, for sure. Um, we get, we're starting from, from episode one of it, or, um, or well, well, let's have a talk. We'll, we'll talk about it, but yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yep, cool. So next episode will be an episode of uh, George Reeves, The Adventures of Superman. I will say it's pretty likely to be episode one and another episode maybe because they're only like 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I will say go out there and just watch episode one of The Adventures of Superman. Uh, you should be – I'm not sure if it's on YouTube. You can have a look there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be do- we will be uh, covering that show – on our next episode so check it out it's good by the way uh awesome yes so thanks very much for the email kevin thank we you fulfill your request because uh yeah guys i mean if you want us to cover something we'll do it so yeah we're all ears yeah um we, we will listen with our super hearing so just shout it out now and we'll listen we can hear it yes all right well i believe that brings us to a close yeah, uh, thank you so much uh, as well uh, for listening um, to us. I, I do hope you work out your allegiance to the House of L or the House of Zod. It has been a very enjoyable issue to talk about, Connor. Um, I yeah. really I thought it was a really good pick. Um, yeah, so, I, and, and you know, this has just added another layer to my my journey towards knowing more about superman and it was a good one so uh, you're really really well they've, yeah. they've all been good so far actually this i can't see this being topped in terms of intercompany crossovers that's for sure mm. um so i guess we'll see yeah no i i, I love this too i love covering this this is uh yeah this yeah. 
And this is uh, something actually, I never read before either. So yeah, yeah, and and please, uh, again, from what Connor says, please get in your thoughts. Uh, let us know. We're on. Uh, oh, we've got the outro for it as well. But lskpodcast at gmail Just hit us up there on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun. We really love interacting with you guys, and um, this will all probably be covered in the outro. But yeah, I, I just wanted yeah, you no, to hear it from me as well. We we love talking with people, and I love talking about Superman because I, you know, it, it always leads on to other topics, and then back to Superman again. And I can talk about it for ages. So set, send in your thoughts on these issues because we'd love to talk about them again. Um, mm-hmm. I did ask a question on Twitter. What's your favorite Superman story? That's some pretty good answers you guys oh, gave. yes, yeah. So, um, especially uh, David saying Kingdom Come. That's a, that's a good ah, story. Ah, The Signal. Yeah. Yes, The Signal of Doom. Um, you can check them out at The Signal of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, good stuff, guys. Yeah. We will see you next time. Uh, so make sure, just just hop on that cosmic surfboard and ride the waves of life. Exactly. Make sure you don't get turned into a green slug, or a or a green snail. I don't know <laughs> a kryptonite snail. Don't get turned into a kryptonite snail. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I've really botched this outro. So with that, up, up, and away. Hey! Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, Thank you everyone for listening.